Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatty calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What kind of father is God? That's a fitting question to ask on Father's Day. And the entirety of Luke chapter 15 gives us a glimpse into the beautiful character of God the Father. Now Luke 15 is made up of three parables that all have the same theme of lost things being found. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and here, the parable of the lost son. And Jesus speaks all of these parables in response to verses 1 and 2. 
Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. The Pharisees and the scribes look upon this with disdain. But Jesus is about to show them how God views it. So in the parable, the younger son utterly dishonors his father. And we cannot overstate how utterly he dishonors his dad. He tells his father, give me my inheritance while his dad is still living. Now this is, this is awful because it is the equivalent of saying, I wish you were dead. I mean, imagine going to your parent and saying, open your will right now. I want what it says I get. I can't wait for you to die. That's pretty awful. But unexpectedly, the father gives him what he wants. He divides his estate between his younger son and his older son. But then the younger son adds insult to injury. He sells his share of the property, what his father has worked over perhaps his entire life. He sells it off, converts it to cash, and he takes off. He rejects and casts off his family. He shames and degrades his father. And then he wastes what he's given. Of course, he might think, well, now I get to live how I want. No one is telling me what to do now. He goes to a distant country. He squanders his property in reckless living. And verse 30 actually tells us that this reckless living involved, uh, included at least, spending money on prostitutes. And so he wastes what his father graciously gave him, sinning against both God and his dad. He's kind of like someone winning the lottery and spending it without restraint on sports cars, houses, gourmet chefs, $100 meals, with no regard for anything until the money runs out. The house gets repossessed. He's broke. He's out of money. And what he thought would make his life complete didn't. And so the younger son hires himself out. He's got no money, so he can't buy food, and food is scarce to begin with because there's a famine. So he hires himself out, but he winds up feeding pigs. Now, if you were a Jew, this is the lowest of low. You have hit rock bottom because pigs were unclean animals. You don't want to be caught dead near them. And it's so bad that he is longing, he's so hungry, that he's longing for what the pigs are eating. Yeah, he's hit rock bottom. His actions have had consequences. Now, before we get too comfortable saying, well, <laughs> I'm way better than this guy, I got this covered, I want to remind you that the younger son is not that different from us. Perhaps, maybe with our actions, we have said, Lord, I will take all of the things you can give me, but please leave me alone. Or bless me, Lord. 
but don't, don't, don't be involved in my life. Just, just bless me. That's, I'll, take, I'll take the blessings, just that. I mean, think about it. God gave us our lives. He gives us every breath that we even take at this moment. He's given us every truly good thing that we have, including food and, food and clothing and shelter. And yet at times we choose to enjoy that without any thought for him. Blogger Trevin Wax writes that we savor the creation and snub the creator. We devote ourselves to our selfish desires, believing that they will give us the good life we want. And we decide that the life we want is better than the life God has for us. And so we walk away. We indulge in our sin, whatever it may be. And by our actions, if not our words, we tell God to get lost. And yet a life lived apart from God will never bring us the joy and the hope that we are searching for. You know, we we tell our kids, and you've probably told your kids, you know, getting this new toy is not going to make you happy. You're just going to keep wanting another and another and another. You need to look elsewhere for your joy. But the problem is we all kind of think that same way as our children do. That just having this thing, whatever it might be, will satisfy us eternally. But they never do, because only God can do that. Now, at some point, the consequences of our actions come to the surface. And hopefully, at that point, we see our sin for what it really is. Slavery and death, not life. And we realize just how awful we've treated God. And when we come to that moment, the question comes up, after all of that, will God take me back? In the parable, the younger son finally comes to his senses. He's starving there as a servant and realizes Well, if he goes back to his father's house, at least he could be a a well-fed servant for his father. Even that is better than staying where he is. He realizes that everything he has done was wrong, that he has sinned, and that he does not deserve to be called his father's son anymore. He has forfeited that. But he plans to go back and ask to be a hired servant nothing more. And you might expect the father to say, get lost. You had your chance. Go back and feed the pigs. What do you want from me? And yet, shockingly, especially to Jesus' original hearers, the father does what is completely unexpected. He welcomes his son with open arms. The father spots his son a long way off and with compassion runs to him. Now this is a big deal because fathers and older men in the ancient world did not run. It was seen as humiliating, shameful, degrading. In fact, Trevor Wax says that it would be similar in our day to a dad running down Main Street in his boxers. 
A man of stature never pranced around in public. But that doesn't matter to the father because he is thrilled that his son is home. He embraces him, he kisses him, and he welcomes him back even before words are spoken. The son confesses to him that he sinned against God and against him, and that he isn't worthy to be called his son. He's right. He's absolutely undeserving. But the father does welcome him back as a son. The son doesn't even get finished with his speech before the dad starts celebrating. He starts planning a celebration. He wants him clothed with the best robe. He wants a signet ring on his finger. He wants uh, shoes on his feet. All things declaring that he is part of the family again. The son who has treated his father with the ultimate dishonor in front of the community, who has wasted his father's money, who ran as far away as he could, who lived shamefully, is welcomed home as a son. And if that weren't enough, the father orders that the fattened calf be killed for their celebration. Now, you didn't kill the fattened calf for just anything. You would save it for uh, wedding feasts or something like that. You had enough food there to feed the whole village. And so the father's really throwing a village-wide celebration that his son is home. Why? For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so, what kind of father is God? He is the kind that welcomes his wayward and rebellious children home with open arms. The kind that embraces those who turn to him through faith in Christ. The kind that celebrates when we turn away from our sin and run to him. Who realize we've got nothing, we deserve nothing, but we are in desperate need of him. The kind that, though grievously offended by all we have done, still welcomes us home. The sinners and the tax collectors Jesus is eating with are all like the younger son. They've walked away from God. They have royally sinned against him. But sitting with Jesus is showing they are realizing their need for the Lord. And that though they are unworthy, God is welcoming them with open arms because they're returning to him by being with Jesus. God the Father does the same for us. Not because we deserve it, not because we've earned it, but because of Jesus' sinless life, death, and resurrection, taking our sins upon him so that we could be brought near to God again. And that's all to show how far the grace and mercy of God the Father goes. Because our sin may be great, but God's grace is greater. And it's amazing to think that God the Father celebrates and rejoices when we turn from our sin and toward him. God and all of heaven 
celebrate. And that's how Jesus ends all three of those parables in Luke 15, with rejoicing over the lost being found. Never underestimate the love of God the Father. One image I have in my mind that reminds me of the grace and love of God is of my own father. Um, I think I've told you this story before, but when I was living at home with my parents many years ago, I got very angry and um, a hole got placed in our wall. And yeah, not a good idea. Afterwards, I'm like, really? That was really stupid. And I felt really, really bad. And I felt, I felt really ashamed of myself and what I'd done. Um, and I wanted to apologize to my dad. I wanted to give him money so that it could be fixed. But I was just, I just felt really ashamed. And so I, I gave the money to my mom and said, here, can you give this to dad and apologize for me? <laughs> um, and a few minutes later, he, he calls me over. And he handed me the money back and said he'd take care of it. And he communicated to me that he loved me and that he forgave me. And that's the image I have that reminds me of God the Father. Because whatever our sin, whatever we've done, when we turn to him, he welcomes us with open arms. The youngest son in this story so grievously offends his father to show that even our worst, darkest sins will not keep the Father from lovingly welcoming us in when we turn to him through faith in Christ. And when we realize it's time to stop serving our sin and go home to the Father. It doesn't mean we never sin anymore, but it does mean that now we fight sin by God's grace with God by our side. For those who have trusted in Jesus, God is our loving Father, and that will never change. And if your earthly father is no longer here, or if you grew up without an earthly father, if you had an earthly father who abandoned you or who was cruel to you, know that you are not without a good, loving, and perfect father. The perfect father who will welcome you with open arms. Now, the older brother is a different story. Unlike his dad, he is angry that the younger son is being celebrated. But the father goes to him as well. The older son is jealous. He says he slaved over and over again for his dad. Why doesn't he get a celebration? How come his loser younger brother gets a party? What has he done but wreck things? But what does the father say? Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But the younger son, he was lost. He was gone. And now he's come back. He's realized that what he's done is wrong. Isn't that something to celebrate? In Luke 15, the people that aren't celebrating Jesus sitting with tax collectors and sinners are the Pharisees, who clearly have forgotten that they too are sinners. Rather than having joy that they are turning to the Lord, they're complaining 
They're lost in their own self-righteousness, not giving a thought for the lost coming home. If the Pharisees really are those who belong to God as they say, should they not celebrate God's lost children coming home? Will we celebrate the love of God the Father? As those who've been welcomed into God's family through Christ, will we celebrate when others turn from their sin and to Jesus? Do we welcome them into the family of God as the Father welcomes them? Or will we behave more like the younger brother? And I think a test question for our hearts would be to ask, how would I feel if the person I despise the most came to faith in Jesus? Would I celebrate that? Or would I be angry that I have to share heaven with them? New Testament scholar Mark Strauss summarizes this story in a fabulous way. He says, The parable of the prodigal son illustrates God's grace and forgiveness for us as sinners. Though we have turned from God and squandered our inheritance, he is always ready to welcome us back with open arms. Since God has forgiven us in this way, we must reflect our Father's character and welcome those who return to him. Let us pray. Lord, on this Father's Day, we celebrate you. We celebrate all our fathers, but we celebrate you as the origination of what it means to be a father. We thank you for your compassion and love and that you have welcomed us into your kingdom. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for your mercy. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.